0: Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Time now for the Yahoo! Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel.
0: Because that's how you power an Olympian with Bush Knight.
1: Pete Damon.
0: So, as a revenge, I also
1: included a 12-pack of Bushlight as a sort of dear F you to Pat for beating me
2: in the race of the case. And Pat 40 I've got 30 buds sitting in my garage that have been there for like two years. Nobody wants them, but it's beer. It's the principle of the matter.
0: You can't just throw it away. And here's Dan. Welcome to the podcast, Yahoo Sports College Podcast. Week zero, sugar and calorie free. (laughs) Uh, Hey, a reminder right off the bat. Because if you're a college football fan, listen to this. I don't know why you wouldn't do this. Sign up for our college fantasy sports game. Visit college.fantasysports.yahoo.com. A lot of dots in that. College.fantasysports.yahoo.com. Sign up today. You can make your own conference-specific league. If you're just like a purist, just ACC. Uh, You can... (laughs) You could join a public power five league. We got no love for, for these other little leagues. Sorry. All big time here. Big flex. We cater to both ACC football purists. (laughs) I will not accept an SEC player in my league. The strength of that game is knowing like the wake forest running back depth chart, stuff like that. You know, like it really separates the the players from the uh, pretenders there. Wake Forest does lead
1: the nation in plays. I know I got criticized for talking too much football last week, so I'm going to try to I'm going to try to tone it down. But Wargerio's <laughs> offense. Can you jump in with that right away? Oh, my goodness.
0: That's because they're they always – they, they do gave run a lot of t- plays. <laughs> That's because their defense was on the field. Like, I was criticized
2: backyard. for talking too much football.
1: Did you know Wake Forest led the nation in plays? They might not have let it, but they they did for part of the season.
0: <laughs> Isn't isn't that because their defense just kept giving up eighty yard touchdown plays?
1: <laughs> That's it, probably probably part of it, Dan. It's probably all right, part of it. Probably, all right. Jamie well, Newman's anyway. back at quarterback. He finished strong.
0: All right. <laughs> there you go. A little college fantasy sports advice, Pete. Uh all right, I, I know this is a football pod, hence the uh knowing the Wake Forest play count, but season hasn't started yet. I mean, it is week zero. So we're going to do a little bit of this Nike, Michael Avenatti, because this is a college sports podcast, not just a college football podcast. And so if you haven't followed along, well, you know, catch up. But I, I think there's one point and two very quick questions here that I, I want to make and ask of you guys. One is Avenatti obviously is facing extortion charges that extorted Nike. Avenatti says he was just acting like what he is, a Doberman of a, of a lawyer in the negotiations We'll let the American uh, justice system sort all that out. But whether you like him or hate him or think he's a liar or trust him or hate Trump or love Trump, he might as well be John Doe at this point. It doesn't matter. The documents he produced are not Michael Avenatti accusations against Nike. These were Nike executives in their own internal corporate email texts saying, Hey, 38 of our 40 top AAU teams pay players. Or yeah, I funneled a couple hundred thousand to a bunch of coaches to spread to the players. Or, you know, one guy sends in a list, an email to like his boss or whatever, you know, with all the money that laid out to round people around DeAndre Ayton. Like it was so wide open. It's astounding. So my two questions are knowing that both Nike and the federal government have had these documents because these just came out in discovery. Why was the first two trials all about Adidas and mostly Adidas schools and not Nike, which has more big time players and more big time programs, including Carolina, Duke, Kentucky? And then the second question is, how dumb is the Nike Elite Youth Basketball League staff? I mean, come on. (laughs) You can't write it in your Nike.com email account. What the hell, guys? You deserve to be arrested just for being an idiot. So yeah,
2: the, the second question is easier to answer yes. than the first one. They're <laughs> stupid. It's unbelievable, especially writing stuff in there like, we don't want the bosses to know. You know, we're trying to keep this away from Lynn Merritt and other people. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know? I mean, <laughs> are you really that naive to the ways of corporate email? But then beyond that, yeah, we're discussing potentially law breaking and certainly uh, NCAA and amateurism uh, violating uh, – Methods of business here, so that's Carlton Debose, and the guy's not the sharpest uh, tools in the swoosh shed for sure. The second question to me is, <laughs> is <A>
0: swoosh shed? <laughs> got the shed out there is. in
1: Beaverton, I'm sure. Don't they? The Air Jordan logo over the tractor.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> We all want an Air Jordan logo on our tractors if we have a tractor. Anyway, no, but the second question, unanswerable to me and troubling to a degree. It's like, I'm, I, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy, but why, if the feds go to the grandstanding lengths that they did to say they're going to, you know, pull back the curtain and they've got the game plan, you know, and all that business, do you only get one shoe company's game plan when it's absolutely out there that there were at least one other shoe company probably two other shoe companies doing the exact same thing uh, so it seems like selective prosecution to me um that's what if i were an adidas lawyer i would be saying at this point or whether it's just that they became so conservative when they were in the midst of this that like ah. Eh, we're just going to get these guys that we know we've got and forget everything else, and we're going to get our, con- our 100% conviction rate and then just back out of our own grandiose uh, investigation. I I don't know, but it-, it opens up a lot of questions that I wish the feds would answer about why the investigation
0: unfolded the way that it did and st- apparently stopped where it did. When they said, we have your game plan, it's true. It's because the Nike guys are emailing it to each other. <laughs> <laughs> in corporate email yeah, yeah. might as well have been well, this is the game plan i mean <laughs> yeah, right. what the heck go ahead pete
1: so dan so definitely covered that trial in october and i'm sure faithful listeners of the pod will remember we had some fun with the adidas secret black ops team that was discussed <laughs> on email yes the very secret black ops team discussed on company email that you shouldn't <laughs> be discussed uh, out loud <laughs> So maybe if we did like a family feud style of stupidity between the Nike EYBL people who put all their stuff on email and then the Adidas Black Ops team who put all their payment plans on email. I mean, it's just sort of the perfect caricature for the buffoonery that is unfolded within this youth basketball thing. But remember, this has all been fostered by these NCAA amateurism rules. There was a literal nuanced black market with line-by-line items that are going through. And I mean, it's just... as you, as you sit here and look back at, I mean, there's a literal mark. If Zion Williamson was a soccer star, he would have been made millions by the time he was 16. So it's very natural why this has all occurred. The unnatural part is the NCAA's amateurism rules that has forced all this underground. And I just think, like, my takeaway from all this is maybe it's about time this stuff goes above ground. And maybe it's time when kids should be able to earn money off off of shoe deals if they want them when they are 15, 16, 17, or whatever. It just it just doesn't seem to make any sense that it was, there's literally entire units of multi-billion dollar companies dedicated to under the payment tables. I mean, my favorite email from all these was, or text message, excuse me, was from the from the Nike employee who said she was going to stash so much cash in her suitcase and if she got caught, she would lie to whatever authorities they were and claim that she had just sold her car because she had, text message one of her friends and said, should I put the cash in my carry on or should I, should I, should I check
2: (laughs) it? Which there's another sign that they're not the (laughs) smartest, smartest,
0: sharpest swooshes in the. That actually is a good one because otherwise they're going to be like, you're a drug mule. Right. I mean, like (laughs) why do you have, (laughs) right. It was like when TJ Gasnola flew down to North Carolina with $45,000 in his carry on, like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's like, First rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club, just email it to each other in our corporate accounts. <laughs> but I think these guys, it's so open, that's why they're discussing it in email, because it's just like, well, I mean, what else are, What right. else do we do other than this? Why'd you give me yeah. an email address? I have no other use other than trying to find these kids and, yeah. and sign them up from our yeah. teams. And so the NSA rules are just completely obsolete and are causing most of the mayhem here because – you can say well let them turn pro. Well, it's not that easy. Like, you know, Brian Bowen got 20 grand after a sophomore year to play AAU ball for Adidas. A sophomore year of high school. He was not Zion Williamson. There Brian Bowen still in, in the NBA. Like this was he wanted to go to college and make some money. Is that, you know, and, and it just it just causes so much trouble. They got to do something cuz this is just so wide open and Nike hasn't gotten rid of any of these guys. <laughs> like they aren't. I mean, as far as we know, no one's in trouble legally or anything. It's just sort of like, yeah, I guess this is how we gotta run. They they literally complain in these emails that they don't have enough money, that Adidas and Under Armour are outbidding them on guys. Yeah,
2: no, it's it's totally Wild West, and it's very clear that there is complete disregard for all of the NCAA protocol in this. And and I'm sure you know, just as the the Adidas people were. Shocked to find out this is potentially illegal behavior. the The Nike people would be as well. I don't think anybody ever had that thought cross their mind that these emails could be discussing criminal acts. Um, but but they don't care whether they were flouting NCAA rules, even the even the slightest. And so that just shows how. And even there, there was one email from an EYBL coach that basically said the secret economy is no longer a secret. You know, they, he did say it may end badly for people in the UIBL, but I don't think anybody was very concerned whatsoever about anything that could have happened uh, in, in regard to these activities.
1: So to close up the, the legal thought on this, uh, I spoke to Steve Hill earlier today. He's a he's the prosecutor or former prosecutor from the Kansas City area who prosecuted the Myron Piggy case 25 years ago. For people who followed this case closely, we've quoted Steve a bunch as sort of a third party legal expert analyst. He's been a very, very insightful, uh, very helpful lawyer out there at Denton's in Kansas City. And uh, this is what he said about, about this These emails raise real questions whether all the individuals that may have violated federal law have been held accountable. The second task is assuming that you want to further investigate this, is whether or not these emails are the tip of the iceberg in financial records and witnesses' accounts. Can put you closer to chargeable offenses, so that's where he thinks this uh, this is right now.
0: All right. Well, we will see where this goes. All right. I want to get to. We're going to get to the AP Top Twenty Five here and who we think is the biggest bust in there because we're not going to celebrate excellence. We're going to trash pending incompetence. But I, <laughs> I did. This what is what we, we, do. we do well here. I did want to do this real quick though. This story from last week. Raging Cajuns coach Billy Napier, who came up with an idea that after bringing in the the school's kind of fundraising guy to talk to the team. It was a little confusion whether he mandated it or not, but basically he asked the players if they can afford it to use some of their stipend money or something and throw fifty bucks into the the fundraising and join and become a booster or whatever the heck the thing's called, the Cajun Club or the Raging Cajuns or uh RCAF, whatever that is. I guess Raging Cajun Athletic Fund. There you go. How about that? I figured it out. There you yeah. go. Yep. Genius. I'm a real genius. Anyway, uh, his thing is like, look, he's defended it. He thinks it's good to have somebody, the players, buy in, uh, realize what they're getting, uh, and give back that way. Uh, Pat, your thoughts on Billy Napier's uh, trying to get the players to fundraise for themselves?
2: Caveman of the year in college football, uh, the early favorite in a in a profession that's got a lot of cave dwellers. Billy Napier, the most out of touch most retrograde, most tone deaf, self-absorbed guy in uh, FBS out of 130. So congratulations to him. It's interesting that as I I read one story that basically said the RCAF is the main source of Billy Napier's $850,000 a year salary. So he's basically asking the players who most people already think are underfunded to fund his salary, which a lot of people will think the coach at Louisiana Lafayette is overfunded to be making $850,000 a year. But here's an interesting little solution. Since the, the, the numbers work out pretty well from a round standpoint, he's making $850,000 a year. They presumably could have 85 guys on scholarship. How about if Billy donates $1,000 for each scholarship player out of his own bloated pocket? To the RCAF, that would be my solution, or I think a more equitable way of funding this business than by asking the players to, you know, give up their burritos on the weekend that they're paying for out of their pockets so that Billy Napier's money could come in. I, it's ridiculous. Pete? my, The only thing I liked more than the emergence
1: of this story was how fast Louisiana Lafayette ran away from it and tried to obscure the reality of what first occurred? It was like a four-two-five forty where they sprinted away from the comments, which were very clear initially. What Billy Napier was asking here and what they wanted to do. It was a little bit like David Griffin when he ripped LeBron and those guys and said they were miserable, having like a grand media tour saying he was misunderstood. The next day, when he clearly ripped LeBron and was miserable, it was just the the, the classic modern media complete screw-up, complete total dunderheaded move, followed by 24 hours of, like, emergency PR, basically spackle put over an open gushing wound. Yeah, I agree with Pat. I mean, It could not have come off any worse. And when just the general college football fan, and by the way, thank God where there's games soon because we're have to dissect <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette. Oh, excuse me,
2: Louisiana. They don't like to be called Lafayette. They don't thank like Lafayette. What they got
0: against they Lafayette? Lafayette, man? Nice town. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? They want
2: to represent the whole state, Dan. Forget LSU, the team that people actually care about down there. Louisiana is the university. They
1: open in New Orleans with Mississippi State, and I hope the plucky Bulldog fans bring dollar bills and wave them at Napier from the student section.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it is funny, the PR. because This is Napier's quote to reporters on Wednesday. We started a new initiative, a kind of a new initiative for our players. It was really about gratitude. All players, scholarship members in particular, and we're going to ask the walk-ons. It's optional for them. It will be mandatory from here on out for our scholarship players to become a $50 level member of the RCAF. And then, of course, the reporters report that, and then it's like, no, no, you guys misinterpreted it. Like, how did that? how did they misinterpret it What's the malleable definition of mandatory <laughs> yeah. I, maybe it was put out there this is an AP, and then later maybe it was put out there that this was a mandatory deal yeah you put it out yeah you put, put, put it, out it out there, there. Yeah. <laughs> when i spoke with the players i told them if they can't afford it or maybe they feel they're stretched a little thin they can easily come to see me personally and i'll pay theirs on my behalf okay that's uh, <laughs> that can't be right Huh? Yeah, it's sort of like when church asks you for, you know, you want to kick in and everyone's like, I'm a little stretched then. <laughs> I don't know. I I'll be honest, look at I think we my my feelings on giving money to colleges is is <laughs> I you might as well not a dime. Not back. a dime. Not I'm I'm a Jim Calhoun. Not a yeah. dime. I w- you might as well light it on fire. You're just giving your coach 50 bucks for the right to I I I wouldn't do it, but I get his I get his point. How do you get It's, it's like when you you make kids do a, a car wash or something to fundraise for the team. Like you got to put some effort in, realize that you're, you're blessed to get this and you're getting all this stuff. And so a little bit, I think they would do better off saying we're gonna do some community service and they may, are, may very well do it or something like that. than just hey pony up 50. Okay. That's pony up 50 to the fund that pays most of I mean, my salary. I, yeah, I get Come I get on. his idea. It was poorly executed.
2: It's a terrible idea. It is ni- straight out of 1975.
0: All right, right I can't on. defend it. Whatever. No. <laughs> Sorry, Coach Napier. <laughs> <laughs> he makes Coach Orgeron look sophisticated, I mean, which is difficult. Don't give do. money to your school. My God, they have brainwashed you people. Did you not learn anything there? They have billions. They have millions of dollars. <laughs> oh, this will keep tuition low. It goes up every year. Every single year. <laughs> and they I hope I hope some
1: of our some of our listeners sent extra money to their electric Go company in, in, in honor of Dan Witzel. We'll, we'll
0: if you pay more money, we'll rise in the for, uh, fortune magazine rankings. <laughs> Who cares? What is that thing? That's the biggest bunk
2: ever. How about, you know, but though, like you're like Donate to help the UMass, you know, student journalism newspaper. That's different. You know, I mean, that's come different.
0: On. That's not what people donate to. They donate to the general mm. scholarship fund or some uh, whatever. Who know? They don't know. They don't have anything. It just goes away. I, I want my electric company to be rated higher in the electric power, power rating. <laughs> DTE Energy, man. I hope it's really good. Here's extra 50.
2: Come on. I mean. It's, the small donations I have made—I am by no means a big dollar donor—but I have made some donations to the Missouri yeah, School of Journalism because everything. I thought it educated me well wow. and sent me into the into the working world well prepared. I, I don't see that as a waste well,
1: of my
0: money. Du-
1: I sent I sent mine directly to the Daily Orange for the Sports Travel Fund. I was educated well, but learned learned a lot on the road. You know how to stay in super 8s and get married. That's a different and, ball uh,
0: game. Yeah. That is a different ball game than just hey. I mean, they're like they're talking about. Uh, we gotta buy out Gus Malz on twenty six million. Like people in all in Alabama <laughs> are gonna spend twenty six million dollars to get rid of a football coach. Now it's your money, okay? God bless you, you got it. <laughs> but really you can't think of anything better to do <laughs> Well that like, yes, I have no defense. I am of that a Boston mindset. Bruins None. fan.
2: And I have never given a dime to Missouri Athletics. Right, well, that's what, what I'm what talking team. about. I'd, I'd like the journalism school to be ranked highly. I don't care whether the football team But is. you
0: already have a job, Pat. What is the difference if this journalism school's what is the ranking of a journalism school? Who ranks these things? His son went there.
2: <laughs> who who I, ranks? You know them? what? My I would like would have liked my son to have a good education there.
0: And he did. Who, who so, ranks them? <laughs> Come on. Those professors never leave. What are they bouncing around though? Once they get tenure, like I'm here for 50 years. You're gonna bury me. <laughs> uh, we gotta keep our. I mean, this stuff's ridiculous. The Dan Wetzel assault on higher education. Go, down, go to a coffee shop, go in, order breakfast, give the waitress 50. That you just help somebody out. That's how you do it with your 50 bucks, not Billy Napier. Malzahn needs an extra 26 million. I oh, will get that done.
1: Really?
2: The,
0: oh my!
1: The best part of Malzahn is thirteen and a half million would have to come within yeah, thirty yeah. days. That's unbelievable. Oh, okay. So Malzahn loves un- Waffle House. Unbelievable. How much Waffle House, Sully? You can compute this for us in a graphic. How much Waffle House can you buy with thirteen point five million dollars?
2: <laughs> can you imagine all how of, many like halfs yeah. that is? Scattered, smothered, and covered in benches. a lot of. <laughs> that's a lot of Waffle
0: House. That is a lot of Waffle House. I like so Waffle believable. House, but that's a lot. That's a lot of, uh, yeah, uh, I'm a Boston Bruins fan. If the Boston Bruins literally called me and said, Hey, you want to pony up so we can get rid of our coach? I'd be like, no, it's your job. Just wait till you do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <Your problem. laughs> right. What? It's an asinine idea. she's doing a good job, Dan. I agree. Get, I could have gotten it. Pasternak to score a damn goal in the Stanley cup finals. I might've given 50 bucks to that. Huh? <laughs> Uh, The June business Maybe, maybe. Still processing. Still processing. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyway, let's get to this top 25. Um, uh, It's out. I will read it for anybody who um, doesn't know. Here, drum roll. Clemson. Oh, hey, there you go. Who would have thunk? Clemson, number one. Alabama, two. Georgia, three. Oklahoma, four. Ohio State, five. LSU, six. Michigan, seven. Florida, eight. Notre Dame nine, Texas is ten. We're gonna go Oregon, AM, Washington, Utah, Penn State. Sixteen is Auburn, uh, UCF, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Then we get twenty-one, Iowa State, twenty-two, Pete's money, Syracuse, Was They will be well covered Well this year covered. by the Daily well Orange. Covered.
1: They open at Liberty. Hotels have been I just like
0: You're basically just buying beer for college kids. So I applaud that donation, Pete.
2: That's
0: giving back. I think I did donate to the Daily Collegian's uh, travel fund once because they, they didn't have any money to go to a NC basketball tournament. I did donate to that. Uh, Wazoo, independent of the university, though. <laughs> Wazoo's 23. Nebraska is 24, coming off a 4-8 and eight record. Holy cow. Uh, Stanford is 25. Missouri's also receiving votes. So it was an army. All right, army. Get in there, buddy. Nine game winning yeah. streak for army. Go, go army. I always root for army. We're not good at that. We got problems. Anyway, uh, forget who's doing well in here. Who's going to blow this? Because every year there's like some team that just, right, we started sixth. We ended up three and nine and fired the coach by Halloween. Who is going to blow this? Because this is about a podcast of negativity. Pete, why don't we start with you? We'll give you the first draft pick. I, if you don't pick a team, I think you're going to pick then you're blowing this. So make your selection.
1: Do this as long as I have. And you, there are certain quirks of the rhythms of the offseason that become trends that really become annoying. And one of them is offseason champions, all right? Teams that have done nothing but maybe occasionally look good or like won a bad bowl game or something. And then by the end of the off season, they are like the 85 Bears reincarnated. Well, this year's off season champion undisputed runaway is Nebraska. Nebraska went 4-8 and eight last year, and all four of their wins were generally unimpressive, including they couldn't even muster it up to play Akron again after the Akron game got, like, tornadoed out. So they replaced them with Bethune-Cookman. And they also had wins over mighty Minnesota, Illinois, and a 9-6 slobber knocker over Michigan State. Now, again, they have Adrian Martinez, a quarterback. Scott Ross is a good coach. Their defense was a disaster last year, and they were 4-8. and eight. I mean, how many teams that went four and eight and have been bad for the last decade, or all of a sudden now ranked this year, all the classic symptoms of an off season champion and Nebraska could get better. They could win, you know, they could make a bowl this year, but ranking them in the preseason is pure lunacy. And so Nebraska will be my hard flop team.
0: This right. fall. That was, a, that was the obvious choice. Pat, you agree with that one? <laughs> oh, I I I, yeah, no, I it totally was.
2: agree with that. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm mad Pete got that one because yes that he uh, he cheeks clearly chose the weakest link in that top 25 for all the right reasons which he just uh just enunciated um I'm, I'm a little bit tempted to go Notre Dame on the flop because I think they're gonna lose three games and maybe drop one they absolutely shouldn't drop at some point in time because their schedule is brutal because they play a bunch of teams coming off open dates when they do not come off and at the end of the year that's gonna bite them but that's not who I'm taking. I'm taking Texas A&M, which uh, I look at similarly to the way Pete looked at Nebraska in terms of they weren't that good last year. But uh, they were 7-6, and six, and their their wins of, of, against uh, FBS competition were by 7, 6, 5, 14, 21 against UAB, and then 2 in the ridiculous – Uh, you know, seven overtime game against LSU. And then they get to a bowl game and trample NC state. Nobody's like, Oh, look out. Jimbo's got them going, got them going. They were (laughs) seven and six. Their schedule is really hard. They're losing for sure. Four games. All right. They're, they're playing at Clemson the second week. They've got Alabama. They're at Georgia at LSU to end. So that's probably four losses there. They could lose to Auburn. They could lose to Mississippi state. Uh, I just don't see them as the number 12 team in the country. I think they are they are puffed up on Gator Bowl helium, and that <laughs> balloon's going to be leaking air by the second week of the season.
1: So can I interject, Dan, before you give us your team? Uh, I want Pat to explain to our listeners, we just saw on our Skype video here, Pat proudly holding up his Phil, Phil Steele magazine. And you know, oh, like the old the old meme? find someone who loves you like Pat Forty loves Phil Steele because there is no one who has an undying devotion to Phil Steele like Pat. And I want Pat to, to bring our listeners to a little insight of, do you still, Pat, handwrite all the results on every page of the Phil Steele that, like you used to?
2: Last year, I only got through September and then I stopped. <laughs> so I fell a little bit short, mostly due to podcast obligations, of course. <laughs> but I will say, and this is Phil's free plug here, this goes in my work bag the day I get it, and it doesn't leave until after the national championship game. I take it everywhere I go with me because I just find it really useful, man. There is a lot of stats in there that come in handy, including who, which Notre Dame teams are coming off an open date when Notre Dame isn't. That t- sort of information. Thank you, Phil Steele. Back to your regularly scheduled
0: programming. Phil Steele is good, though. I mean, I got to give him that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mean to pick on Auburn too much, but I'm going to go with Auburn, um, and I think it's schedule-wise. First off, this Oregon game right off the bat, and then they play A&M also in September. So you got both of those playing Georgia, they're playing Alabama, they're playing Florida, and they're playing LSU. Well, Florida's eight, LSU's six, Georgia's three, Alabama's two. There's six teams that they're going to play that are currently in the top 12. And that doesn't count, you know, everybody else, Mississippi State, there's tough games all around. I just think that schedule, considering the upheaval, they have to be really good you know, end up with three losses, let alone four. And if things go sideways and you got these boosters wanting to get, it can just, it can fall apart in a hurry. So I'm going to go with Auburn. They actually might be all right, but half your schedule is currently ranked in the top dozen of the country. Forget running the gauntlet, even surviving that gauntlet. So I'm going with them.
1: I can't wait for Auburn to have like one loss going into November, and then they get blown out by Georgia and Alabama at home. They fire Malzahn. And then have to give, as Sully so deftly pointed out on text, the $13.5 million, which will buy Malzahn, 2,061,068 all-star specials at the Waffle Ooh. House. So <laughs> he could basically eat those for the next uh, 375,000 years every day. Got to
0: pay taxes. <laughs> Got to pay taxes on that.
1: All right. <laughs> still a million. Uh, so so a here's your brandish. point,
0: right? If they let's say they do go in with one loss into November, that means they would have beaten LSU at LSU, beaten Florida, at Florida, and beaten A and M at A and M, and beat Oregon on a neutral site. Yes. Yeah, so say they lose one. of uh, them. I mean, yeah. Right. But that's a heck of a yeah. what? Like unbelievable. Yeah. And so and he could still, still get, get run because Georgia, Georgia and Malabama Alabama curb them. stomp him. Right. It's like geez. Yeah. Like that's that's why yeah. I mean what a r- schedule. Geez. Like yeah, and he's still got. No, I don't know. Arkansas is not, you know, could jump up or, whatever. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my pick. Uh, anyone else on Auburn? No, that's fine. I,
2: I agree with you. I mean, I just think the SEC West, there's going to be a lot of lumps taken for probably for them and Texas A and M and others. So if you're if you're looking for teams to flop, I think. Teams out of the SEC West are always a pretty solid uh, contention, unless it's Alabama.
0: All right, I want to get into this. This actually is part of a uh, part kind of runs into that. And I made this point last week comparing five-star recruits to first-round draft picks in the NFL. There's about 30 to 35 guys a year end up as a five-star by the the various services, and there's 32 teams in the NFL. So c- count it as a first-round pick if you get a five-star. Uh, Gabe Diarman, longtime Cover covers uh University of Missouri. He's at powermazoo.com now. He employs my son. So he's oh, a great, great human. human. <laughs> great human. Well, you know he appreciates journalism school, the donations. The sad part is I know Gabe listened. I don't know about your son. Okay. <laughs> That's
2: true. But he
0: did the uh, math that I was clearly way too lazy to to do. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna appreciate that. He looked up over the last five years all of where all the five star recruits went. And uh, only four schools signed a five-star every year. So only four teams in the entire country got a first-round pick every year. But Alabama got 22, Georgia got 18, Clemson 17, and Florida State 12. So Alabama was averaging a little over four first-round draft picks per year. You do that in the NFL, you are not losing. And (laughs) 85% of the country gets no first-round draft picks. They just get second, thirds, fourths. Like, hey, our our top pick is a fourth-round pick. You're dead. I understand these are different leagues, but you can't compete. Uh, LSU had 12 over – they had four years of size. So they had 12 over five. Ohio State, 12. USC, 11. Oklahoma, only six. Michigan, only six. Tennessee had six. Jeez, a little better. Uh, USC USC should be better. UCLA had six. That's uh, not going so well. Stanford five. Auburn five. AM five. Texas had four. In five years at four. Florida had four. I mean, these are big name programs that are barely getting one first-round pick a year and are asked to compete against Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. Uh, Penn State had three. Mississippi State two. Miami, two, Old Miss two, Oregon one, South Carolina one, Houston, Arizona State, Kentucky cal and notre dame with one this tells you how good notre dame was last year to do this to to make the playoffs so the disparities he points out 143 of the 169 first round picks in the last five years went to uh basically 10 percent of the schools and and uh almost all of them went to just four of them that's 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 why we have um you know, a top five and everybody else kind of screwing around.
2: Yeah, no, it's great data. It really is. And it totally reinforces your point that, I mean, college football, more than, more than most sports by far. And and it almost, it's certainly more, I think, than any mainstream marquee sport has a bit of a cyclical rigidity problem. And this is why is because the rich just stay rich and, or get richer. And it's almost impossible to crack that barrier if you're on the other side of it. I mean, and you can see actually, it's the the numbers are very interesting because the schools that have dropped off: Texas, well down the list; Florida, well down the list. You know, they're a decade or more removed from their national championship contention days. Miami, way down the list. Notre Dame, way down the list. Uh, at least Notre Dame has made the playoff, as you pointed out. The rest of these schools have not, and really have not come close. Penn State was close one year. I don't really know if there's a way to change it fix it address it i think it is what it is Uh, i don't think it's good for the national health of the sport but uh again you know what if you want to do something about it you got to find a way to beat him you got to find a way to crack that yeah i don't think he's changed
0: anything i mean it's just the way it is but if you want to know why the same teams win you know when notre dame's got one that's it uh when you know florida's got one that's that's it
1: what do you think pete look signing days become this sort of overt, spectacular, of you know, celebration of ridiculousness for a reason. Like, when you win on signing day, you tend to win on the field. Now, there's certain variables in scheme and coaching and development and all that stuff which can, which can stunt that. But at the end of the day, they, it's not it's, – it's a pretty linear path from great signing days to great performances on the field.
0: Yeah, it's like everybody kind of rips it, signing day. But it's like it, it plays out. All right, so this is um, week zero. We will have games on Saturday. Not sure how you guys feel about that. Do you think that uh, they're starting too soon or would like, screw it, let's play football, right? I want week negative one. <laughs> like <laughs> Last weekend, just something? Yeah, yeah. Give me like a little FCS. I thought FCS appetizer. could start early. I think that'd actually be a pretty good idea for them. <laughs> There's yeah. some decent. You yeah. tell
2: that to the FCS kids. Yeah, you got to be on campus, you know, another week earlier so that, you know, the, the 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 gambling degenerates can sit out there and have, you know, $50 to bet on. North Dakota State versus Eastern Washington. All right,
1: so they can win it and donate it to their alma maters.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, we got two games, uh, 7 o'clock, Hurricanes versus Florida. As does mean. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, and then we got Arizona against Hawaii. So that's how we're starting the season, week zero. Not the best year for non-conference, big-time non-conference games. A little disappointing this year. I mean, I'm going to be interested in Miami versus Florida, but might not be for that long. We'll see. I'll definitely watch, and you'll you'll
2: read the Yahoo Sports coverage of that thereafter, since I'm covering. The oh, game. really?
0: Well, there you go. All right, yeah. I will uh, read up on your column, Pat. As we said
1: earlier, who would we rather have covering Week Zero than? Yeah, he is Week Zero
0: effort. <laughs> He's weak and zero. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, uh, week and zero copy. I think it's weeks. It's the preseason
1: dance. So working out the, they joke should case. call it
0: week strong, right? <laughs> Next Thursday night, Morgan state against Bowling Green. I might have to drive down for that. That's looking good. Yeah. Um, there you
1: go. Ea- Bowling Green might finally win. That's on the first ESPN
0: three. I feel bad for the ones that aren't even on ESPN three. They only make ESPN plus. How, what's the difference? What is yeah. the difference between ESPN? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, big games on ESPN three. Next week, just ESPN plus. (laughs) Central Arkansas versus Western Kentucky. ESPN plus. Oh, okay. Um, Mm. All right. Anyway, what's your favorite uh, non-conference game of the the year?
1: Well, I'm just going to start it with week zero because we're on week zero. I mean, my favorite is going to be LSU-Texas, but we have plenty of time to talk about that. I'm excited for Hawaii-Arizona. All right. I think Florida is going to curb stomp Miami. I think they're going to win by three-plus touchdowns. I think it's not even going to be that much of a game. I just think Florida right now, where they are under Dan Mullen, there are some questions on the O-line, but I really don't think Miami, with a new starting quarterback and really like a lackluster defense and a lackluster season last year, is going to surge this quickly under Manny Diaz. So we will let Pat handle all of that curb stomping in his you know well-renowned Week 0 coverage. I uh, I am excited about, like – ridiculous late-night 62-61 to Hawaii-Arizona football. You have Khalil Tate, who was a disaster last season. He hurt his ankle early in the year after being a Heisman candidate two years ago. Going against a vaunted, i.e. not-so-vaunted Hawaii defense. And then the only thing worse than Hawaii's defense has been Arizona's defense. And you have Cole McDonald, who threw for 8 billion yards last year. They're playing in Nick Rolovich's Air Raid. This game is going to end at 2.24 a.m., <laughs> and it's going to be three overtimes. Hawaii is going to pull the upset. You heard it here first. And we are going to remind you why you love college football for the pure absurdity of it. Nothing epitomizes it like a 10.30 p.m. kick Hawaii, Arizona. Bring it on. By the way, this game is not streamed, I was told, which is disappointing. We need to get people at CBS to be able to stream this game.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's a pretty good tout for that game because I think everything you said could actually happen.
1: <laughs>
0: over under it's gonna 73 be. and a
1: half. Oh, pound the over.
2: pound like, the over. Pound
1: it. Yeah. My god. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That yeah. that game is begging to be overed. And I sure. think Hawaii's
1: is getting 10 at home. Like, I don't know. I don't think yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't think Arizona can stop a caterpillar walking down the street. So, yeah, that game will be pure ridiculousness. Can't wait.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, in in terms of games that will actually mean something, though, I would say uh, that my favorite non-conference game of the year is going to be Notre Dame at Georgia, September twenty-first between the hedges. Last I saw, the get-in price for that game was double the second highest in the nation. I mean, it oh, was wow. Yeah, it was like six hundred and fifty bucks, and the next highest was three hundred and something. I mean, it was unbelievable the demand for that game. Uh, Georgia fans are super excited to have Notre Dame down there. Notre Dame fans are super excited to make that trip. It's obviously a great place to go, and Notre Dame doesn't go there. So this is a whole new deal. Both teams think they're going to be really good and could be really good. And if you remember when they played two years ago at Notre Dame Stadium, it was a real defining game for the season. Georgia Georgia won the game, dramatic game. I was there. I covered that one and went on to make the college football playoff. Uh, that was that huge non-conference road win that kind of differentiated them in the uh, in the playoff committee's eyes. Now Notre Dame has the opportunity on this hand. Whoever wins that game, you have got, I think, a real chip to lay down for yourself as a playoff contender. So that should be really good. That's my game.
1: Well, the one thing about that game, Pat, that was unforgettable uh, was how much red was in Notre Dame Stadium.
2: Oh, I ton. mean, it was
1: unbelievable. Yeah.
2: So I really think
1: the subplot to this game, and you mentioned the ticket buying prices – Old money in the Northeast versus old money in the South.
2: Yeah. Who wins in the stands? Ever. Yeah. No, Gold be or red. Very interesting. There's nothing see.
0: college football fans like doing more than saying Notre Dame is irrelevant and Notre Dame doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter and stop it with Notre Dame. And then when Notre Dame comes to their area, they buy every ticket yeah. and it's it drives, yeah. they're so excited because Notre Dame's here. It's like, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, they're not a big deal at all. Okay, it's just the just yeah. the biggest ticket price right. in history. Not like anybody good ever plays at Georgia. <laughs> you, never, yeah. you know I mean clemson has <laughs> been there, Alabama every other year. You know, th- again, this is not a great year for this. I'm gonna go with Texas hosting LSU and and I don't think this is a great game at two good brands. Uh, I think it's kind of a ladder game. One of them's gonna get a really good win and maybe spring into a really good season. Um I think both teams have a lot to prove. Uh, both are highly both are top 10. But I don't know that either of them are really top ten teams. So uh, I think there's just a lot to prove for both programs. I think that's a really, really interesting game. It'll be fun uh, to be there. Obviously, a bunch of a bunch of LSU fans hitting Austin for the weekend. That's that's a that's a pretty solid. That's a solid. That's gonna be a solid effort. I mean, <laughs> Sixth Street's gonna be yeah yeah yeah. Mayhem. That's, that is-
1: yeah. Sixth Street versus LSU is the <laughs> yeah. matchup we really want that weekend. <laughs> can you do it that's a
2: paradigm of, of, of very uh, I,
1: highly touted i ain't bet against lsu when it comes no. to drinking that's like no. yeah it's like betting the under on yeah. hawaii
0: everything's bigger in texas will hold my hurricane here because uh we yeah. we, <laughs> we here man we here so i just think that's going to be a fun scene and a fun game and i just think it's a, a really interesting game um but it is again th- like you know alabama's playing duke i mean we don't stone you know, yeah. I mean, we don't have a bunch of great games. Notre Dame's involved in like three of these things. Like, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame's yeah. pretty good, maybe. But who knows by that point? Uh, just not a great year for the non-conference games. Always sad to see. The,
2: uh, here's the thing for that, that LSU-Texas game. The loser. That's going to be the one mm. I'm interested in because the fan bases are both very sure that they have turned the corner and they're going to compete for the national title. And whoever loses that game is going to come out like, are you kidding me? How did we lose? <laughs> Can't wait.
1: Uh, it, at the risk of bringing up football again, the interesting matchup in that game is that Dave Aranda, the LSU defensive coordinator, and Tom Herman, the Texas coach, went to college together at Cal Lutheran, which is just kind of wow. brandy, Cal right?
0: Lutheran. Right about yeah, that. It's going to be like during well, that game. Of it's going to be like the uh, who was Colt McCoy and what Jordan? Uh, was it Shipley? Shipley. Yeah, they were, they were, yeah. They were roommates. roommates. Yeah, they had to mention it every game, yeah. ten times a game. Tim Tebow and yeah. Riley Cooper. Like, oh my God, two football players room together. I'm just stunned. I mean, <laughs> imagine <what? that>. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I'm not talking about football anymore. No, that's not bad. That's not bad. We're going
0: to we're gonna stick to animal Cal fights. Or right, whatever. let's get to yeah. it because one of our favorite yeah. guys last year. I believe he might have won our Man of the Year. I can't remember. He was certainly a candidate. Was the dude down in Fort Worth, Texas, that stole five cases of beer at once? <laughs> mm. He walked into the liquor store and stole five cases, and then ran. Yeah, the well, the the still picture
2: of him, remember, was just unbelievable. Where he, so he's he's oh. barely got that fifth case in in hand. I mean, he had awesome. a
0: wingspan like Dikembe Mutombo. Like it was <laughs> like what? It's like, dude, you can probably get away if you just take four.
1: <laughs> he got invited to the nba combine <laughs> on the video of him
2: stealing me. Jay Billis, yeah. it was 58 240 but look at the way like he's elastic <laughs> right, he's got... <laughs> i mean the guy the,
1: the keon clark of beer thieves. as far as i know he was
0: never caught okay i, mean, I don't know whether he drinks some slow or he's been i hope he's still out I there hope. man i hope he's still out running absolutely riding the race but he stuffed five cases i mean just amazing Right. Really a great feat of athleticism. And we're here to celebrate great athletes. So there was a a, 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 I think we could call it a copycat crime. I think we could. I think this is (laughs) Pat, your neck of the woods, Florence, Kentucky.
1: These always end up at Pat's neck of the woods, by the way. Carry on. (laughs) Northern
0: Kentucky's got its slice of strange up there. Let me tell you. (laughs) Kind of a sad part here. This guy came in the liquor store. He's wearing a a Cedric Benson. The the late Cedric Mm. Benson, who uh, unfortunately passed away this week in a motorcycle accident. Great. Uh, Player at uh, at Texas and and for the Bears and uh, yeah tragic tragic loss. Well, this guy was a fan. He has a great mustache, and this is what makes it interesting. He walked into a liquor store and just took a case and then ran one case. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got nothing on our hero, but he did it barefoot. (laughs) Now the cops are calling him. First off, this is the Florence Police's investigative unit is asking for the public's (laughs) what. only imagine
1: sorry i laughed too hard there is there more than
0: one guy is it really a unit or is it one guy named phil <laughs> like phil at the police department this isn't the nypd here okay yeah. i mean if they're real, if nothing happens other than we're looking for a guy who stole one case of beer in our town do you really need a unit <laughs> <laughs> Phil is on the case, man. <laughs> Driving around looking for enemies. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, first off, the Florence Police Investigator Unit put this out in July, uh, asking for the public's assistant in identifying a man they have dubbed the Barefoot Beer Bandit. Okay, now,
2: a awesome, couple nice. things.
0: They don't say what kind of beer he stole, because that would be the one of the clues, because you'd be like, I drank beer yeah, with a guy who looked just like this. So that might have... <laughs> You think we could call the Florence PIO and get that
1: information? I, that would be well, very critical really for a do. Podcast. I just, if it was like what?
2: Sierra Nevada or Keystone, that's. I mean, really I hate. Oh, it's a huge difference. You know what? Northern Kentucky, it ain't. Could Sierra have been Nevada. maybe Pat Forty. It's much more likely to be. Is Keystone. this Pat Forty or Natty? This could be you. Forty. This could be you. Oh, Bush this light. could be you. Yeah, yeah. Pat's trying to downplay yeah, it he, he on his way back
1: from the, the airport scent. the other day. If
2: it was a Vaughn Miller jersey, it might be me. Fake <laughs> stash
1: elway throwback <laughs> mm. here's my thing corby jones jersey
0: if you're gonna steal a case of beer you're gonna want first of all, i'm not helping the florence police investigative unit I, I mean this guy needed a beer a liquor store probably can cover it i mean i'm not saying i i support our, our our men and women in blue um but they could certainly do a. we just lost a listener phil yeah, just phil sorry listening. um but the, the barefoot beer bandit wouldn't you say, all right, I'm going to go down the store and I'm going to steal a case of beer and then I'm going to run, okay? This is my plan for the night, okay? All right. You should think maybe in the life of crime is not the way to go, but if you, if you, have, if you have committed yourself to this, <laughs> wouldn't you put on a nice pair of running shoes? Like, wouldn't you wear some kind of shoe? Why yeah. would you do this barefoot? I'm, I hate to tell you why. <laughs> because it reinforces
2: the bad stereotype of my state, but it's Kentucky barefoot. He's- toothless you know oh, I mean, the has got thing, shoes it's... he's got a nicely groomed mustache he's got a an <sighs> NFL. there's not a strong correlation between a nice to mustache and he's... shoes you, you <sighs> cannot find a causal relationship af- between those you can sorry. afford an nfl jersey we're very comfortable in our bare feet here in this right. state so and I'm, I'm telling you northern kentucky not not that surprising here to tell you spend some time actually a little further up in covington or newport yeah and, Anyhow, no, I, I I hope he's I hope he's like Forrest Gump still out there running barefoot and and he gets away with it. <laughs> but at this point, uh, no leads from Phil on the guy. I, you know, Phil probably had to interrupt his time, like letting traffic out of Boone County High School, you know, at dismissal day to uh, to go chase find the the beer bandit. Doesn't look like it's happened yet.
1: I would think outside a liquor store, there's like a lot of broken glass, right? You know, cigarette butts, like you know things you want to have your shoes covered for
0: (laughs) he's tough man this guy's tough if you steal a case of beer is the first thing you're doing is drinking that sucker as fat i mean you feel like obligated (laughs) to drink that thing quick right yeah Uh, while it's cold yeah i mean yeah i think if you're stealing
1: a case of beer from a liquor store you're not patient enough to like wait the three hours for it to properly chill
2: (laughs) (laughs) no it's
0: it's down the hatch gotta buy the cold one all right we got that yeah uh all right there was a lot of requests for animal attacks um, I don't know that this is an animal attack, but there was a picture um, uh, on social media. You can find it pretty quickly of this Alex. Allig- absolutely. An of this alligator climbing a chain link fence, like standing up on its tail or its hind legs, I guess, and going up over this thing. And it was at a military base. It was a Navy station. Right. So it, it had no fear. I, this is an attack on the sovereignty of the United States of America from the alligators. Indigenous, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> they were here before right. we were. Someone's going to take the side of the alligators. Uh, <laughs> I will not be that person. This is terrifying. I do not need chain-linked, scaling alligators. That's the only thing that makes me feel safe about alligators is they're over there, and I'm over here. Because <laughs> those things, are, they mean business. And that's why I never have a problem eating alligator. They said alligator on the Alligator eat me? I mean, I you ever had the alligator cheese
1: uh, cheesecake at uh, Giacomo's, Giacomo's. In, in New Orleans? Dan? Pretty
0: solid, yeah. It's pretty solid. Yeah, yes. everything at, everything at Giacomo's.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a bad meal at Giacomo's. Did you see
0: this picture? And um, how terrified were you? Not only did I see the picture, I saw the video. There's
2: video too. the The, the gator gets over. All right. It's not only it's a high fence, but it's topped with wire Can't stop oh, him. No. He cannot be denied. It's like Walter Payton going over a safety man. He's right through there. So impressed with this gator. Uh, and I, I am taking the side of the gator. They were here first. We're in the way. It is absolutely an attack on our national security because this is a military installation that's now being overwhelmed by a, an alligator who's just going to, you know what he's going to do? He's going to unlock the gate now and let in all his friends. And so the Naval Air Station in Jacksonville... Could well be under control of the Gators by the time this podcast airs. So, thoughts and prayers to the people in Jacksonville. Look out.
1: So, our listeners will be happy to know that I've continued the tradition of not reading the emails and text messages to prepare for the show. So, I did not actually see the alligator scaling the fence until we were actually starting to talk about it today. But – If you are listening to this this week in preparation of week zero, I literally put in, like, A-L-L-I-G on a Twitter search. An alligator on fence came up, and there was both pictures and video. Uh, This gator is viral. I just think it's a premonition to uh, my earlier statement of how badly the gators are going to stop the hurricanes
0: in Orlando this week. I mean, I think the alligator is, like, famous now with the other alligators. Of course. (laughs) Just right on. It's like – the dude in Shawshank Redemption that got out. He got in. You know
1: what I mean?
0: <laughs> how about being the. It's impressive. How about being... Is that Red? Yeah. Red <laughs> got out. Yeah.
1: Red yeah, got out. Right. He didn't escape, though.
0: Andy escaped. Red. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Red. Red. Yeah. Red.
1: They met in San Juan de Mayo,
0: though. They right? did. It was nice. He's fixing an old boat, just sitting around down there.
1: It's about yep. as much pop culture as the three Pretty of us good, are yeah. going to have Make, on this
2: podcast. So <laughs> enjoy there. that everyone. The fact okay.
0: that we all <laughs> actually know what each other's yes. talking about is rare. Well, they yeah. only show that movie on uh, TV every single day. Um, yeah, this alligator. Yeah. I mean, how'd you like to be at the the Navy guy, who's like, you know, sergeants like Private Jones, get down there. We got uh, an intruder. You're like, I got no problem shooting some guy coming over the fence. But, like, not that thing. I ain't going near it. You got to shoot sniper shot from distance. Yeah, no, this is uh, and you know what? The bullets
2: may just reflect off it like the feral hogs, right? Remember hearing about those guys, the feral hogs, that were, like, almost bulletproof?
0: Yeah, you got to fly a helicopter over the
2: top of them and shoot them. Right,
0: yeah, Yeah, which sounded like something you wanted to do. Well, my cousin was trying to get a trip going where we go down to Texas and you get on a helicopter – and you get a machine gun of some sort, some kind of assault rifle, <laughs> and you fly over a field. Dan, you're from Boston. Where the heck <laughs> yeah, was it from? Right.
2: I want to, I want like to see Bostonian Websteries? Dan Wetzel leaning out of a shoot helicopter. Him, ba, 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 ba. Wicked pissa! Uh, I hit the gator. Uh.
0: <laughs> he was a, uh, Rich was a uh, NYPD. He was in New York, so he, I think he needed to get some aggression out. Okay, better to shoot the, uh, the, the, the hog. Uh, I don't know. He 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 showed me some videos. We never did it, but seemed pretty. Like you know, you get you pay, you pay, and the farmer wants you to do it. It's because they 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 yeah. they, they, they kill because yeah, there's so too many of them. Out. There's yeah. too many of them. But the only way to kill them is go. If you ever want to watch, you know, you're at work and you don't want to work. Look up feral hog hunts with a helicopter. You go down a you go down a YouTube uh, rabbit hole, if you will. <laughs>
1: It's pretty wild. Well, if, uh, if anything probably sums up our listenership, it's people at work who not Right, right.
0: Work. <laughs> There's yeah. this one dude, man. He is a hell but. of a shot. I mean, he is just mowing these things down. It is <laughs> incredible. That would not have been me. I would have been shooting all over the field. I would have killed a few corn stalks, uh, yeah. <laughs> some soybeans or something. I don't know. Whatever they're growing down there.
1: You know, our editors are gonna listen to this podcast, and every time Dan's late on one of his columns, they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, Wetzel's down his YouTube rabbit hole tr- watching people shoot per- gators, so he hasn't filed
0: yet. <laughs> I, I go down some YouTube rabbit holes, man. <laughs> My YouTube search history is terrible. A, I would be on a I should be on the no fly list or something, I think. I no idea. Yeah. Uh, All right, well that
1: at least on the PETA yeah, list. Yeah. I mean yeah,
0: there's too many of them. It's, uh, thin, it's healthier, healthier, right? Something like that. Anyway, I didn't do it. I've not killed a, uh, a, I've not gotten in a helicopter and shot a machine gun. So maybe, maybe, maybe someday. Anyway, stay safe. They're after us. They're climbing fences. They're they're rallying. They're organizing. Be careful out there, everyone. Don't steal any beer this week. Or if you do, send us the, send us the details and uh, anonymity of uh, 100% guaranteed. And we will talk to you on the other side of week zero, week one, let's do this.